Transform the way you hunt with the all-new Bay Cellular Trail Camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What is crackalackin', folks? Welcome to episode 114 of the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. I am your host, John Hudspeth, and welcome to the show. We have a fantastic one today. We're kind of switching gears. We're switching to a topic that we have not covered this year, but it's about that time. We are going to be talking turkeys and turkey hunting today. Uh, basically, what happened was Monday, we had this random warm front. It was like 82 or something on Monday. And it just kind of hit me. It's like, man, like turkey season's almost here. We're almost into March. Um, And so, you know, one thing that I like to do with this podcast is obviously I like to share my experiences, you know, what's going on. But I really like to try to prepare you guys for what is ahead also. And so even though it might seem a little early, we're going to talk some turkey hunting today. That's the plan. Uh, We got Paul Campbell coming on. We got some things to cover before we get there, but uh, yeah, that's the plan for today. It's springtime, it's almost turkey season, and so we're going to talk turkeys. But like I said, before we get there, got a few things to cover. This last weekend, made it out to the ranch, and I got a lot of dozing done. Not quite as much as I was hoping for. Uh, I ended up having to help my mom keep my brother's kids. Wasn't really planning on that, but uh, but it worked out. And so I got the entire uh, fire line, fire break, whatever you want to call it, dozed. Um, I think I ended up with 38 acres. I think last week I might have actually accidentally said 48 at one point and like 30 in another. I don't know, but 38 is the official number. Um, I could have done a little bit more. There was kind of a grassy area I thought about burning, but man, I think that I think that canyon is just gonna it like I, even though I just made this amazing fire line and I've been thinking about it for like two years, I'm still so nervous. Just the terrain is what gets me, and uh, I, I know I've talked about it on here before. I was actually a wildland firefighter back in Idaho when I was in college, and I think instead of making me more confident. That made me more afraid because I just like I know what can go wrong and I know how easily things can get out of hand. And so instead of that uh, making me feel better about myself, I think it makes me feel worse. And so, but yeah, uh, you know, the dozer, it's got like a, I don't know, seven ish foot blade on it. And so basically made a full seven foot wide path all the way around this area. Um, but, you know, there's some some steep draws. There's some wet spots. There's some dry spots. There's a, like a creek bed that had a bunch of dry leaves, which is really scary. Um, and so I think when it comes time to burn, which I don't have that uh, exact date yet, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to have the dozer back there. I'm going to have some extra hands, some people. And I think I'm going to take my leaf blower, uh, just, you know, anything like that. Like, you know, I can use it to if there's a bunch of leaves, you can use it to clear that. Or if the fire's getting out of hand, you can use that to fight the fire. You can have some shovels, all that type of stuff. So, But it's very exciting. Um, like I said, I mean, gosh, I don't even know how long we've owned this property now. Like six or seven years. Um, and I've, I've dreamed of burning this area basically since we bought it. Like I know it's needed it. Um, and I, honestly, I probably waited a little bit too long. But I just, I just know it's going to be so good and so helpful if we can get it burned. It's just nerve-wracking to do it. So so anyway, got that done over the weekend. Uh, also got a few coons trapped. I, I, I bought four traps, 
set them all around the same feeder that still had some corn in it going off, and uh, I went three for four. Was feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, I, I think I put it on my story that I you know went three for four, and then I had a few people message me saying like one guy had caught ninety, uh, a couple people had caught like fifty plus. Um, one guy was going like from the start of last turkey season, I think he was at 250. His goals to get 300. Um, a lot of those other people, I think that was all since, uh, you know, deer season ended. But anyway, I went from like feeling on top of a mountain to like in a cave. So I definitely need to get at it. Uh, keep setting those traps. I'm going to this weekend. And, uh, one other thing about this upcoming weekend, something exciting, had it planned for a few weeks. Uh, a good buddy of mine, he has not been on the podcast, but we're probably going to do an episode. Uh, y'all heard me talking about him a lot. My buddy Randy, the guy who has the lease in, in West Texas that I deer hunt on a lot, he's coming out to the ranch, and we are going to get after some yodies. So coyotes, Randy's a huge coyote hunter. He used to do tournaments and stuff back in the day. Um, doesn't do you know as much of the tournament. He did do a big tournament a few weeks ago, uh, but he just kind of does it more for fun. It just doesn't have the time anymore that he used to. But anyway, he's going to bring up his calls and all his good stuff. And we're going to just lay the hammer on some coyotes this weekend. So it's kind of a dual purpose thing. Uh, obviously, it helps with the, the deer and everything. And they're just overrun. But also, we t- kind of purposely time it out to where we do it right before calving season. So that, you know, when uh, out there on the ranch, when all the mamas are having their babies... Uh, you know, the coyotes can be very pesky and I, my brother actually thinks he lost a few calves to coyotes last year. Um, so yeah, we kind of purposely time it out for this time of year, right before the calves start dropping. So that's what I have going on this weekend. So trying to think of any other updates. Uh, I keep talking about the Backwoods show. I'm going to be there. That'll be, I think, yeah, that'll be this Saturday as y'all are listening to this. So plan to be up there all day long. Uh, like I said, keep saying, you know, if you see me, say hi, introduce yourself. I love talking to you guys, meeting you guys. I love checking out all the booths. Um, last year they had some cool speakers. Jeff Danker spoke. I know I, I listened to him. They had some uh, like fishing exhibits where they, you know, had professional crappie fishermen and stuff come in and talk about casting and, and where to find the fish. So it's just a grand old time. Uh, if you're around Oklahoma City this weekend, I believe it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, again, I'll be there pretty much all day on Saturday, I think. So that's my plan. Hope you guys can make it out. Um, Other than that, I think that's going to pretty much do it for this intro. As I mentioned before, today we're going to be talking turkeys. We have an awesome guest on. We have my Sportsman's Empire brother, Mr. Paul Campbell. And Paul is from Ohio. He is part of the O2 podcast and also has just recently started the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast, all all available on the Sportsman's Empire and Paul is a really cool dude. I actually didn't realize till after we were done talking, he actually works for the National Wild Turkey Federation. Uh, that's probably some information I should have had beforehand, but, uh, you know, still a great episode. Um, yeah, Paul's a super cool guy. You can just, I mean, you can tell in his voice the excitement he has for wild turkeys and turkey hunting, so it's really cool. Um, this one, I don't know, it just seemed different than other turkey episodes that I've done in the past. Um, just again, you can tell that Paul's super passionate about it. Also just very knowledgeable. And, uh, you know, it's not, uh, it's not like black and white type stuff. It's like real knowledge, you know, stuff that he's gained from over the years. Uh, he talks about how he really started hunting a little bit later in life compared to most people, but turkey's kind of, is kind of where he got started. And it's just, it's just consumed him ever since and so we talk about all kinds of things we talk about calling we talk about uh locator calls we talk about you know just start to finish you know from when you leave your truck to to where you should start um you know we talk about walking up on birds how close you should get what happens if you spook a bird we just covered the whole gamut and like i said really really good conversation with a really really good guy so that's what we have for this week i hope you guys are excited about it i hope you guys are getting ready for turkey season and spring in general because it is right around the corner it was 88 degrees this week uh so when you know it's when it's getting that warm spring's not far behind so all right that's gonna do it for this intro i've rambled enough thank you guys for listening to the podcast we're gonna get into the episode after a quick word from our partners right this second with spring right around the corner, it's about time to switch out that bow or rifle for a bait cast or spinning reel. That's right, the spawn will be here before you know it, so you better head over to Private Water Fishing and sign up for your membership. 
At the very least, head to privatewaterfishing.com and check out some of the amazing lakes they have to offer. These are large, well-managed lakes all over Oklahoma and Texas that you can have all to yourself just by signing up for a membership. So don't wait. Get signed up today and start fishing. This year, more than any other, trail cameras played a huge role in me bagging two great Oklahoma bucks. And with all those trail cam photos pouring in, I looked to Deer Lab to help keep everything organized and up to date. Not only is Deer Lab a great way to organize all those photos, but it can help you track specific deer and learn their habits using factors like wind, weather, time of day, moon phase, and of course, location. It's your one-stop shop for everything trail camera related. So check them out at DeerLab.com and don't forget to use code OKLAHOMAOUTDOORS for 20% off your membership. With the stock market and just about any other type of financial institution struggling right now, there is one old go-to investment that rarely lets you down, and that's land. The old saying, they're not making any more of it, sure rings true, and now may be more than ever. If you're looking for someone to help you navigate the world of real estate, look no further than Oklahoma-based Arrowhead Land Company. Their knowledgeable team of outdoors men and women can help you navigate this crazy market and help you buy or sell your property with confidence. Whether you are a fourth-generation Okie or an out-of-stater looking to find a new place to settle down, Arrowhead Land Company can help. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. When you're out in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, the mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit bravadowireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. And today we have my Sportsman's Empire brother, Mr. Paul Campbell. How you doing, Paul? Good, John. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, we were talking before I hit record that uh, we were on one of the uh, uh, deer camp episodes together and you just yeah. kept going off about turkeys and didn't want to talk about deer. And uh, ever since then, I kind of made a mental note. I was like, man, this spring we got to have Paul on. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it's my favorite time of year. It's my favorite thing to talk about, wild turkey hunting, turkey hunters, turkey conservation, all of that. So, you know, I, that that particular episode that you're talking about, I told Josh as soon as it started like, "Listen, man, I'm going to hijack this. If you guys want to talk turkeys, <laughs> you let me know." And uh -huh. uh, and and everyone seemed to be okay with it at the time. So, my yeah. my poor co-host of the O2 podcast, Andrew Munts, has to roll his eyes. And he'll, he just laughs because I'll, I'll inject it. You know, someone will, you know, during an interview or even not an interview, they'll say something completely unrelated to turkey hunting and, and I'll, uh, I'll zip it around, uh, and just mm -hmm. bring it back to turkey hunting. And he's just like, Oh God, here we go. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Well, man. yeah. Well, I probably like a lot of, uh, you know, hunters out there, hardcore deer hunter when the spring rolls around, it's like, all right, you know, maybe I'll do a little turkey hunting, but honestly last year that changed for me a little bit. So last year I did like two turkey hunting episodes and then went out and I went out to a buddy's place in West Texas, hunted some Rios. And I had one of those mornings in the turkey woods that you dream about, you know, just the dream situation. And I, I'm not going to lie. It got me like this year, I'm actually looking forward to turkey season and doing a little prep. Uh, I almost bought a turkey vest the other day, which, you know, would have been a huge step. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, but you know, I'm looking to get more into it and that's, you know, part of the reason I want to have you on here. Cause, uh, you just, you have way more knowledge than I do. And, uh, I pulled up a few or wrote down a few little, uh, stats here. I was going to share with you just kind of let you know, you know, where I'm at. Sure. And, uh, so yeah, so I, I believe in my life, I have called in and killed by myself three turkeys. One of okay. those was last year. Um, most of the turkey I've killed more than three turkeys. Most of the turkey hunting I've done in the past was basically just deer hunting for turkeys. You know, like sure. I was fortunate enough to have some private land. Uh, at one time I lived on one of our pieces of land and like every single morning I'd see these three or four gobblers on a hill. So I basically just went and sat there and killed one, stuff like that. Um, uh, we also talked about like, I don't know what it is. I guess it's just the shape of my mouth. I've never been able to use a mouth call. 
whether it's turkey, elk, whatever. Uh, actually, one day I was in Cabela's like a long time ago, and there was I don't I don't know who it was, but he was like a, a world champion turkey caller there, kind of doing demonstrations. And I actually went up and like had him give me a quick little you know he's like you know move your tongue like this could not get it could not make a sound and so he he was the one he's like you know some people just can't do it so i think that's me so anyway uh i, I still to this day use a box call that a high school buddy of mine inherited from his grandpa uh i don't think it's super nice um but it, it's worked you know it's, i've called in several turkeys with it never really seen a need to buy a new one because it's worked for me so anyway so that's that and then i listened to your episode uh, that came out this last week and y'all are talking about, you know, locator calls, crow calls, owl hoots and stuff like that. And I've, I've always heard of that. Like, I know what it is. I know why you do it. But, like, I've never done that. You know, I've normally been uh, show up a few minutes late, set up because I've seen some turkeys there. Uh, I've been for, like, normally the places I'm hunting on, I have good turkey numbers. It's private land. Uh, and so, yeah, so that, that's basically where I'm coming from as a turkey hunter. Uh, so, like, so this last year, the, the cool hunt that I had uh i was going out to my buddy's place in west texas uh when he found out i was coming he had some people out like clients he it's like a corporate lease type thing and so i kind of got them set up and then i got to go do my own thing so i was a little bit late uh as i was just walking down this little road i heard a gobbler gobble off the roost i could tell he was roosted worked my way in set up my decoy and you know called with him for probably five minutes heard him fly down called another 10 15 minutes watched him strut and everything. He worked his way through the mesquites and ended up shooting him about 40 yards. And so after that, I was like, you know what? I can do this. That was awesome. You know, having the full interaction, it, it just made my day. So, so that's where I'm at. That's the whole, I don't know. I just went on for like five minutes about that. So, so that's what, that's where you come in. So I need you to it's, tell me how can I do that again? So it's, it's easy to do to go on and on about wild Turkey. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that you did that. I'm not going to stop you. I'm happy that you had a good experience with Turkey hunting. A lot of deer hunters, they don't have a respect, any respect for the pursuit of, of Turkey hunting. They don't have any respect for the animal, uh, you know, because it doesn't have horns or antlers on its head. Uh, so when I hear a dedicated deer hunter say that they had a great time, turkey hunting and they're looking forward to doing it again it warms my heart so uh you know good good for you man i'm i'm, I'm i hope it i hope it latches on to you i know it'll never replace you know chasing those the, the kings of fall whatever you want to call them but uh man it's it really is it's a ton of fun it's a it's a good it's a good form of hunting to bring uh children into it's a good form of hunting to bring people that have never hunted uh into the pursuit of hunting because it's interactive you know, you don't have to worry about the, you know, hunting the wind. You don't have to worry about, you know, hunting massive cold fronts. And, you know, the weather for the most part can be a little, you know, a little crazy, especially, you know, I guess, depending on where you're at in the country. But, you know, it's 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 a great thing to do uh, in in the springtime. And, you know, if you want to challenge yourself. So there, there's there's an author. His name is Colonel Tom Kelly. He is a um, kind of the, the poet laureate of of uh, turkey hunting literature. And, and, and he's he's in his 90s. He's been turkey hunting for 75, 80 seasons, something like that. And so I don't, I don't want to take anything away from you, but he has this hatred for, for Rio Grande turkeys because he, he, he kind of thinks that they're like the laziest, dumbest, you know, will gobble like if a, you know, a, a car backfires, you know? And, and uh, so it's, it's, I'm glad that you had that experience. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. you know, I mean, I think for me, one of the things that keeps me coming back with Turkey hunting is that um, it's not always easy. You know, some, some seasons are more difficult. You got some population declines. You've got more people getting into the space. So there's, you know, into the pursuit. So there's more, there's more pressure on the birds. Uh, and, and so it just adds different dynamics. And that's, what's fun for me is that, you know, I, I've said this a hundred times. I feel like a, a wild turkey can exercise free will more so than any other animal that's out there. You know, deer, elk, they might be a little more rigid, a little more routine, a little more set in their ways and dictated by terrain. Turkeys are like, meh. I, there's a bug. I'm going to go this way. Oh, there's another bug. I'm going to go this way. Oh, there's a snake. I'm going to take this snake for 15 yards before I catch it and then just completely change course. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's neat in that regard. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun, man. And, and I'm, I'm glad you're, you're getting the Turkey itch. So mm -hmm. I know it'll never yeah. replace you number one, but I'm glad. You <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just so you know, uh, you're talking about the Rios and yes, those are definitely Rios, but I have killed a few Easterns too. So yeah. Oklahoma. Easterns Oklahoma's are fun. Yeah, Oklahoma's kind of on that line, you know, like 
Eastern Oklahoma, you have some mountains, very lush green. Western Oklahoma is more of the sand, uh, you know, rolling hills type thing. And with that kind of comes the two different species. So it, it's yeah. like I-35 basically splits Oklahoma in half. And it's not okay. quite like east is eastern, west is Rios, but it's pretty close to that. Um, that's so yeah, a really neat, that's a really neat place, you know, where, mm-hmm. where you get that, you get you know, a little bit of that and, uh, Nebraska, you'll have the two, the two subspecies and, you know, I, so I've got, I'm doing my first Florida Turkey hunt this year in March. You know, obviously I live in Eastern territory and, and I'm going on a Montana Merriam's hunt, uh, in May. So I told my wife, I said, if I'm fortunate enough to kill three subspecies, you best believe I'm going Southwest <laughs> South. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to kill a Rio. So, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it'll just become a, it's going to be an obsession. The moment I kill <laughs> uh, that Osceola, the, 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 the chase starts, man. So. Yeah. Well, I could probably help you out with that. So that, that would right. be sounds, too difficult. Sounds good. I'll kill a few hogs for you too. I read it. Okay. Right? There you go. There you go. Good deal. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, like I said, I mean, I almost want you to take it over at this point. Cause you know, I just rambled for a while at the beginning and stuff. And um, you know, one thing I definitely want to hit it, hit on is, box calls in particular yeah um you know i think a lot of people a lot of people don't think as highly i guess uh, of box calls you know uh think that they maybe you're not as good you're not as good of a turkey hunter because you do box call but uh you know i think there's a place for everything uh and so i definitely yeah. talk about that i'd love to talk about some locator calls um so yeah I, i'm gonna let you roll with it for a minute yeah on, man on those two things. so so I will I will tell you that that I that I can say this unequivocally. There are two things in the turkey hunting world realm that I can say unequivocally, and I know that I'm right, and there's no way that anyone can prove me wrong. One is that a, a Remington 870 has killed more turkeys than any other firearm in this country, and two that a box call has called in and been the final sound that a turkey has ever heard. That, that those are the two things that I can say <laughs> without a doubt. So you know. I, I can't use a mouth call either. I can't do it. I suck. As soon as that some bitch starts, sorry, as soon as that thing starts coming to the mouth, I start gagging. I just think yeah. about it and I gag. Mm-hmm. So years ago, I'm, I'm holding up this. This is this is a tube call. So I, I I got really really proficient with these. I love a good box call. I wish I had some around here. I use. Uh, you can't see it here. I, I've got a trumpet that I use. I like the weird turkey calls, right? Mm-hmm. I've slate calls, pot, you know, a, a, a pot and peg or friction call. Uh, as some people say, it doesn't matter if you can't use a, if you can't use a mouth call, it doesn't degrade your ability or, or your, um, you know, being a call to Turkey hunter. If you can't use a mouth call, that's not, that's, that, that doesn't matter. And so, you know, so many people, so many new hunters and so many you know, seasoned hunters, you know, they, they get this thing, they get this mindset that they have to use a mouth, mouth call, because that's what you see, you know, the hunting public and Dave Owens and all these guys using, uh, and, and, you know, the GNC C Turkey callers, you know, at the NWTF convention, everyone's using these mouth calls and they sound great. And they're like, oh, I got to learn this. If you're not good at it, you're not good at it. Right. You only get so many days a year to hunt and you'll get so many days a year to practice Turkey calling, because if you're married, your wife is going to be beside herself. You know, mm-hmm. if you're trying to practice on a mouth call, so use what you're good at, get good. At, it doesn't matter. Get good at, you know, the little push button boxes you know where you literally just pull a, a string across the little tiny box you know it costs you 10 bucks quaker boy makes them that'll kill turkeys so that's the that's the number one thing i can you know I tell people if you can't use a mouth call you know try practice you know give it your best effort if it doesn't work because of you know gag reflexes or you know practice constraints or whatever it may be man any i, I my my four-year-old john i can get her to pick it she you know she's probably not going to kill a turkey calling them in with that but she can operate it so that you know it, it sounds like a turkey so mm-hmm. mm. yeah yeah use use what use what you're comfortable with um like i said i like the weird calls i like i like tubes i like trumpets uh tube calls do take and, and trumpets they take a they, they take a little bit of practice uh to get to get you know kind of proficient at but man a box call of a slate call you can pick those up and be ready to kill a turkey in a matter of hours you know, and so kind of funny story. I, I didn't, I didn't start hunting generally. I, I didn't start hunting at all until I was 25. So I'm, I just turned 40. So, you know, 2007 was my first year hunting and YouTube was around, but it wasn't, people weren't making instructional videos. They sure as heck weren't making instructional videos for turkey hunting. 
right? Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a thing. So it was yeah. what you saw on Outdoor Channel is what you saw in the magazines, what you learned. So, so a, a, a buddy of mine, he 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 grew up deer hunting, he never really turkey hunted. We decided that we were gonna, you know, we were gonna turkey hunt. He, he invited me, and so when when he did, first, I, and keep in mind, never never hunted in my life. He said, "Hey, man, do you want to go turkey hunting?" And I'm like. What, what the hell's a turkey? Like people, people do that. Like people hunt wild turkeys. <laughs> that's not, that's not a real thing. So yeah, lo and behold, yes, it is. So I, I go to this, I go to this little hunting store. I get my, my Primo's power crystal and it's this little tiny, like $10, like pot and peg. It comes with a couple strikers and I take it home and I could not figure out for the life of me, John, how to get this call to work. <laughs> couldn't do it. I was scratching on it. I couldn't figure it out. It didn't make any noise. So like right before the season, I go back to the store. I'm like, hey, and and, and I've I've told the story a lot. And so if if any of your listeners have heard me, please forgive me. But so I I, I take it into the store. I'm like, hey man, I um, this turkey call is broken. I need I need a turkey call. And so the, the store owner's like, like turkey out. I'm like, oh, I love to turkey out. And, and John, I've never I've never turkey out, <laughs> right? So he's he like gets this call, and he can tell that you know I'm I'm trying to play tough, you know. And uh, in the box it came with a little tiny piece of sandpaper and he gets it out and he's just like real nice, you know, and asked me all these questions about turkey. And he's like, well, you gotta, you gotta scratch the call up, man. He's like, that's why it's not working. I didn't realize you had to scratch the call up to get it to work. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like rubbing this striker over this, like perfectly smooth. And so like, as soon as I hit that, I just like grabbed the call as fast as I could and was like, thanks man. And just like back out of the store as fast as I could. I was so embarrassed, but that was, you know, that was my, my first run in with turkey call so all that being said use what you're good at get proficient at it don't don't be embarrassed don't let it, you know some some guy call shame you because you know he's doing bubble clocks on a on a mouth call and and you're just yelping on a box call yeah you're both going to kill turkeys that's what that's mm-hmm. what matters so yeah awesome but. i like it yeah i messed around with a slate call a long time ago like high school age and uh, obviously i bought like the cheapest one that walmart had you know and so i'd yeah. Uh, I, I, I need to get a newer one now that I could maybe afford a little bit nicer one. Uh, yeah, it's just something I've never really mess, messed with. Cause I've had, you know, I typically I would turkey hunt, you know, two, three days a year, you know, usually just in the morning, take my box call, good to go. So, uh, yeah. and then I don't know if I've ever even seen one of the tube call, calls that you just hold up, held up. So yeah. So this off. is, but, this is the, this is the Primo's foggy bottom. And so there's for your, for your listeners listening, we'll play radio here. There's, there's little latex or silicone bands that go over and it's essentially, it's, it's a lot like a mouth call, but there's just, there's an area on the tube that you can see. And so you, it's just like, almost like a duck call. You breathe over it and those reeds vibrate and it, and, and it makes the noise. So they're exceptionally loud uh, if you want them to be. So they are good locator calls and we'll, we'll dive into that. Uh, but you know, you can, you can really, you know, through practice and, and, you know, a little, you know, a little skill, I guess you can, you can quiet them down. And, and one of the, one of the things that I really, you know, when you've got a Tom working in, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to move your hands, you know, running the tube call, putting up and, you know, it's hard to, you know, run a slate call. It's hard to run a box call. So I wish I had the ability to run a mouth call, but I've just adapted to the point that I don't, I don't need that stuff. You know, and you just yeah. you, you you do the things necessary. So, yeah, that uh that call you were just showing that's like almost exactly what I have for elk hunting my my bugle tube because again I, I can't work a mouth call for elk hunting and yeah. mine's made by Primos it's like the the reed that you pulled off almost the exact same yeah it's uh, probably the same so thing yeah you know? probably so probably yeah. so cool man all right. so we can we can we you you had mentioned you had mentioned locator calls and I have this um. Just talk about the Scott Ellis uh, show that I did for the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast, yep. and so this is so this is the Ninja Owl. This is just um, this is just an owl call, and there are literally hundreds of owl calls. So this is you know just the 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 call of a barred owl is just it's a very common call to use to get to get turkeys fired up, uh, and they'll you know a lot of guys use it early in the morning when turkeys are still on the limb. Uh, just to locate them and 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 get them to gobble. You use it at night if you're roosting them, putting them to bed. Let them fly up and and hit that thing. You know, there's there's something um, 
there's like a deep set hatred i feel like between turkeys and owls so it's like an owl hoots and the turkey's like hey man i hate you you know and they just like gobble <laughs> at it so i'm sure i'm sure that's not the reason so i mean if you're a biologist listen to this don't uh you know don't get all over me but um yeah so that's that's so that's so that's a good uh, i mean if you're turkey hunting and you want to get serious uh and you you, you want to have just a, a fun hunt the the locator calls the owl calls are a really good good way to do it so another one and then that scott and i talked about uh is is a crow call and so a lot of guys will you know owl hoot early in the morning it's more natural owls don't you know necessarily hoot at you know, noon uh and a lot of guys will kind of trans transfer over to to a crow call and same thing and and that's this is this is like it's funny if you're if you're with a with a seasoned turkey hunter and you know you're you're moving through the woods so if you got two two seasoned turkey hunters are moving through the woods and they hear a crow go off they'll both stop they'll both stop talking they'll both stop moving they won't say a word because you're gonna listen and so when, when you're with when you're with a, a turkey hunter that you know newer turkey hunter you're walking through crow goes off owl goes off a hawk goes off and they just keep walking and the other guys like, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> yeah just listen listen for the gobble so you know turkeys i mean man i i've i've had them gobble at car doors when you close it in the morning if you're running late train horns thunder i'm telling you man you get a thunderstorm that rolls in that is like <laughs> the greatest time to locate some turkeys i don't know what it is about a big old clap of thunder man they get to ripping so um you know, I think I, I think the the locator calls and, and and one of the one of the things that we've talked about in this podcast with Scott, and it's a really good kind of um, if you're ever in a, if you're ever in a situation where you're hunting hunting a turkey, and that turkey might come in and then move out, come in and move out, and then and just starts moving or and and you don't know where that turkey is and he's not responding to a hen call, if you rip off an owl hoot at noon or one o'clock there's a good chance that you're going to get that turkey to gobble just out. I mean, it's a shot gobble. And so you're going to have a, you're going to be able to pinpoint, okay, he's still here. He's, you know, and, and then, and then you can kind of determine what your, you know, what your next moves are. Because a lot of times, man, those turkeys, you're calling to them. They just, they want you to go to them. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're just over there strutting and you can't see them. They're scratching leaves. And so that's, that's a good way to see kind of buys you some time, you know, buys you mm-hmm. the, you know, where, where do I move? And, 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 and that, that's where that woodsmanship and those tactics come in. So yeah, mm-hmm. lo, locator calls are good. The best locator call, and this is just me being partial is this freaking tube call, man. This thing is so <laughs> loud. And so cuz Strickland of Mossy Oak, he helped, he helped Will Primus design some of these tube calls. I mean, tube calls is almost as old as they come in terms of like how long hunters have been using them. But he talks about like a like a tom is is just imagine like a rubber band, and so you're calling, and that rubber band's tightening up, and you're calling some more, and he's not gobbling, but that rubber band is just tightening, 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 and he's just kind of there, like he's wound up, but he's not there, and then you hit him with that tube call, and it's a really high frequency, it's a really high pitch, just super loud, and that rubber band just snaps, and he gobbles, and you got him. You know, and then and then yeah. you move in. So those loud, those loud shocking sounds are, are easy, a good way, not an easy way, but a good way to pull, you know, to pull a, a pretty intense shot gobble out of out of turkeys. So yeah. And you already taught me something. So I like when I was listening to that episode, y'all were talking about all these different things to make them shock gobble and locate your calls and stuff. And part of me was like, you know, why do you need so many? But like like you were just saying, like owls usually don't hoot once the sun comes up, crows don't. Uh, you know crow before the sun comes up and mm-hmm. so but there you go simple as that see that that's how big of a rookie i am never even thought about that so. but you know what man i've had i've i've ripped off an owl hoot in the middle of the day and they gobble at it sometimes it's mm-hmm. just they just don't like it that you know it's just, mm-hmm. just, nah, just this cranky cranky long beard out there you know just yelling at <laughs> yelling at the owls man that's that's what we're doing but yeah so if you're talking about realism that's you know you, you like you said you won't hear what is it a murder a murder of crows. Is that what yeah, the, the <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah, you won't hear a murder of crows until you know pretty pretty much well, like well after you know that first that first light. You know they'll mm-hmm. they'll get to going. So yeah, but let me ask you this: just I don't know if this is on the topic or not, but let's say you do your locator call, so you a, a you know bird response, so you hear that bird. Obviously, you're more than likely going to move in closer. Uh, I, I, this is kind of a two part question. One you know, how close is too close, you know, how close are you trying to get? And then two, how, 
how much are you going to call to that bird while he's still on the roost? Like, are you trying to get him fired up before he even flies down? Are you just kind of trying to let him know you're there? How much are you going to call that bird before he flies down? So there, there are really two, two schools of thought, and I'm sure there's a hundred schools of thought, but two, two pretty prop popular schools of thought is one, you kind of let the woods wake up. And so you'll owl hoot, get them to gobble, find their location that way. And, and then you let the hens that are inevitably in the area somewhere start, start talking. And so if I, and, and this is, this is, so just, we'll just walk through kind of a, you know, like the, the ideal scenario. If I'm, if I'm on a ridge in Southern Indiana and I hit, I hit an owl, an owl call and I've got a Tom 125 yards, you know, I've got good terrain. I've got Hills. I've got some brush that I can get through and not make a ton of noise. It's still really dark. You know, I'll, I'll try to get as, as close as I comfortably can. And that is based off of terrain. It's based off of daylight. It's based off how wet the leaves are, you know, how, how close I can get in. So let's just say I'm a hundred yards from this Turkey, 80 to hundred yards. If I've got, if I've got a Tom on the limb, that's gobbled at a couple owl hoots, he's gobbling at cars honking and he's, you know, he's just, he's just fired up. He's gobbling to gobble. I might call like just real soft to say, Hey, I'm, I'm right. I'm right here because wild turkeys have an amazing ability to, to know where that's those sounds are coming from and how to get to them. And I won't call a ton. I might just do some soft, some soft clucking, some soft yelping, very short, you know, maybe right before that fly down time. And just to let him know that, that I'm there and, that's one of those that like you can definitely overcall and that's that's that situation and if you're close to a turkey like that and they're up in the tree and they're calling and it's daylight and you don't you know you don't have a decoy or like you're wide they're going they're going to see you without a doubt i mean they're going to look right into you they're they're not going to see a hen there so they're not going to go there they may not suspect that that you're there but they know that that you're not there so they're going to they're going to go somewhere else um so if i if i've got and I've had scenarios where I might have a Tom that's just, I mean, just booming. I mean, I'm, I'm walking in, he starts gobbling. I'm like, oh, that was easy. You get set up. He's still, he's still ripping. Well, then the hens start yelping. Yeah. They're tree, they're, they're tree yelping and bubble clucking and they're sounding freaking beautiful. And, and, and that's where it gets real interesting. If you can kind of, you know, one, one tactic that you can use is maybe be, a, um, and it's neat because Scott Ellis talks about, it's like, if someone comes in, you know, you don't want your neighbor yelling at you, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to go, you're not going to go say hi to your neighbor. If they're just over there screaming at you all the time, you know? <laughs> so he's just like, you know, talk sweet to him, you know, just mm-hmm. say, Hey, same thing. Soft. I'm over here. Happy. I'm content. Purrs, clucks, all of these different calls, scratching the leaves, just make it sound like, Hey, this is the place to be. There's food over here. You know, we got some cool stuff. Come check it out. And those hens might fly down. Those hens come down there's a real good chance that that Tom's going to, going to come down. So, uh, and, and, and fly down fairly, fairly close to them. So, you know, there's so much nuance to Turkey hunting that the best way to learn it is to get out and do it. And it's to mess it up. It's to fail. That's the best way. That's the, it's a, it's a lot like deer hunting, you know, you, you, you set up and you just get blown out because of wind or poor cover and you're like, I'm not doing that again. And, and it's the same, it's the same way with, with Turkey hunting. And I can tell you, you're going to say, I'm not doing that again about 10 times a year. (laughs) Uh, And you're still going to do it, you know, at some point. So, um, you know, as far as like getting close, I will get, if, if I've got Tom's roosted either that morning or like the night before, I know where they're at. I'm going to get as close as I comfortably can. Um, one of the things is, you know, when, when, when you're hunting an area that you're familiar with or an area they're not familiar with, you know, look at the maps, understand like, okay, where does this Turkey want to be, you know? And, and, and so what, what are the factors that go into that weather? You know, if it's windy, he's not going to be up on the top of the Ridge. You know, if there's good, if there's good food, food sources, you know, mid midway up the Ridge. Um, and, and, and all of these, like I said, can change in a heartbeat. It's hard to, it's hard to figure them out sometimes. Um, but just kind of, kind of determine, I, I can tell you right now, like if you're, if you're in, if you're in a hardwood stand, I can't speak to Rio's. I've never, I've never hunted Rio's, but if you're in your good Eastern territory 
and you've got hardwoods and you've got like a tiny little opening where there's grass or there's like just a, a flat spot, that turkey's going to end up at that. I guarantee it early in the morning. I mean, that's yeah. almost, that's almost a given. They're going to get there at some point. So <laughs> that's, that's how I used to kill turkeys. Cause our, yeah. we, we sold this place two years ago, but, uh, it was huge, uh, timber area. And then basically along the road there, you know, they, they actually cut it for firewood back in like the sixties and they would cut the trees and then they haul them to the road and people just drive down the road and, and that's how they sold the firewood. But yeah, you know, every once in a while there'd be a big hill along it and they'd clear that hill and now it's pasture. And yeah, mm. like, I mean, I could literally, like I could just lean up against a tree on the edge of that and I'd have four toms, you know, every morning. Uh, I got some like, you know, they'd get pretty used to the truck because like, I'd usually drive by them on the way to work before turkey season started. And yeah, they'd be like doing a little like voodoo circle up on top, you know, following each other around and yeah. that part of So Oklahoma, it used to be divided into two regions. They changed it last year, but uh, that region had a later start date than the rest of the state. Okay. Uh, so that, that region didn't start till April 15th. Uh, but in, last year they changed it. Now the whole state uh, doesn't open until April 15th just because numbers are down and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd be seeing all these pictures on Instagram and stuff of people killing these turkeys. And I'd be, I'd literally be driving by these four toms every day, not being able to hunt them. And then by the time I was able to hunt them, they weren't, you know, super gone. They weren't coming to the calls very good. Yeah. And so yeah. a lot of times I could just sit out there on that hill and eventually one would walk by. So, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I tell people all the time, if you can find a little opening, maybe even mow it, uh, you know, get that grass a little shorter, you know, you'll have some birds in there eventually. Yeah. The turkeys, man, they have such an ego and you know, <laughs> that's, that's, they want to be out there. They want to be strutting around. They want to be fanned out and, and, you know, drumming and spitting and doing their little dance. And it's really neat to see. It really is. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really a cool thing, but yeah, those open, those small open, I mean, it could even be like a quarter acre, man. If you've just got mm -hmm. something that's visible, you know, in a way, I mean, like you said, if you got a mode, a little path, power line mm -hmm. cut over, I mean, you're, you're going to have turkey activity there for, for sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Mm -hmm. That's uh, one of the hard parts about my job in this podcast, just with being the Oklahoma, Oklahoma so different. Like I was talking about before, uh, you know, mostly I hunt Eastern Oklahoma, but Western Oklahoma is just a whole nother, but, and that's really where the turkeys are. You know, the, the big population of Oklahoma is out west which blows my mind because i just you know, like the rest of the country it seems like turkeys are a timber species you know like when you're watching the hunting public and you guys you know it's just because a lot of those guys are in the east uh but you know like it seems like nebraska seems like that's where you see the flocks of you know 100 and western oklahoma's same thing and yeah it's it's weird it's they're a weird animal you know i like i would say weird animal you know whitetails are also they live everywhere too but uh yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but they're they're a cool they, animal. They, 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 yeah, they, they are weird. I mean, like you, like you said, we have this perception that the turkeys and deer and yeah, you know, they love the they love the hardwood stands and yeah, they do. It's just, but it's like those expanses out west. Like you just said, you might have you know a thousand acres of grassland contigu contiguous, and then you, and then you get like twenty acres of trees. And I mean, there should be five hundred turkeys in that twenty acre, and they, <laughs> yeah. they're just going to be roosting there and. And yeah. you get these huge flocks and I mean, that's, that's really neat, man. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. such a, that's such a cool experience to, to get to hunt, you know, out there. And I, I've never done it, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've only hunted Easterns. And so I watched yeah. those, I watched those Oklahoma hunts in Kansas and Nebraska and the Dakotas where you've got these big plains turkeys. And I'm like, man, this is like, this is a different world. It's not even the mm -hmm. same type of hunting. And I get excited <laughs> when I see it. I'm like, yeah. man, this looks, this looks cool. And, <laughs> and then you drive and, and you see the pictures you know, the videos of, of, you know, there's like a little stand of trees, you know, and this massive, and there's 50 turkeys and they're all gobbling. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, like this is yeah. amazing. And then I'm like, okay, how far do I have to belly crawl through grass <laughs> to, to get with the yeah. you know, range of these guys? But yeah. Uh, another buddy of mine, uh, he has a place in the panhandle of Texas and we actually, we actually use binoculars to turkey hunt because it's like you said, it's wide open wheat fields. And then everywhere there's a Creek, there's giant cottonwoods. And so you stand in that wheat field, usually, but even at night, you know, you look and you just look for the tree that has all the big circles in it and yeah. then, you know, get in there early and set up and yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, that's fun stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, let's Oh, go ahead. I was I was gonna say so so you you've hunted Rios you've hunted mm -hmm. Easterns do you mm -hmm. do you I mean do you like hunting the 
the Woodland Birds? What do you, I, what do you I prefer? Do. Man, like the the Rios out west, they're definitely easier. I mean, you see them from a long way. They're super vocal. Um, you you get to kind of you watch the interact. So the first the first turkey I ever killed. This is gonna sound crazy. I was I was 16 years old. Uh, two buddies of mine. We got in my truck. I was the only one that had a driver's license. They were both 15. We got in my truck at like 8 p.m. We drove to the Panhandle of Texas. This is that same buddy I was just talking about. Uh, we got there at like 3 a.m. I was so excited I couldn't sleep. The next morning, we just walked out in the pasture, set up a pop-up blind and two decoys, and I had that box call that I'd like never used before. And uh, I called this turkey in. First time I'd ever called to a turkey. Called this tom in from 300 yards across a wide open pasture. It took me 45 minutes. Like I'd you know I'd do a little hen call, a few clucks, and he'd take like two steps. And he was strutting the whole time. Ended up calling him to 20 yards and shooting him with my bow uh, at 16 years old. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, like, it's hard to, you know, it's hard, but, like, that was no skill. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. We just happened to get the right bird at the right time. Uh, hunting back, you know, in Oklahoma, in our place, it was way more difficult. And, again, like I was saying, you know, there's a reason we had a later season in southeastern Oklahoma. There's, there's just not as many birds. Our place was yeah. kind of special. We had a few more. Um but again, with that later season, it made it really difficult. So, uh, I like honestly, I don't know if I could say I've had a true like timber hunt. Uh, you know, not like you got, not like you've probably experienced. You know, where the birds are really fired up, you're up on a ridge top, you know, calling down into the hollers and stuff. I, I can't say I've ever really experienced that. It's a it's a beautiful thing, man. <laughs> it it really is, and it's it's you know it's funny because I think of I think of you know calling a turkey from you know, a stand of cottonwoods from 300 yards away. I'm like, man, that would be awesome. Like, it's got to be <laughs> exhilarating. You see them coming across these, you know, these beautiful plains and the big sky and all that. And it's just, it's just, it sounds really, it sounds really neat. Like that's the, yeah. that's something that I desperately want to experience. You know, like I said, <laughs> our, our, earlier, I'm doing my first Florida turkey hunt this year, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and one of the areas that I hunt is, um, it's just like six, uh, I'm going to be hunting. It's, it's going to be, it's just six inches of water. It's a swamp. Mm. And then you'll get mm. these little, these little mounds of sand mm. with the palmettos that make like these little islands and you sit up there and the turkeys never leave it. They're just in the swamp moving around the entire time. Yeah. And I've heard that like, they just start sloshing around and they're making all this noise <laughs> and they're half wet. And I mean, it's just, it sounds, it sounds really neat, man. I'm just really yeah. looking, really looking forward yeah. to it. So. Yeah. But, you sound like me. So like when I was younger, I wanted to hunt all these different things. Like I, I went to school in Idaho because I wanted to hunt elk and mule deer. You know, I'd grown up uh, hunting whitetail and stuff. But as I've gotten older, I've found instead of hunting, hunting, wanting to hunt more things, I want to hunt the same thing in more places. Like now, yeah. like I want, you know, last year I went to Nebraska to hunt whitetails. Uh, this year, hopefully I'm going to draw Iowa to, to go hunt whitetails. And like, I, I still have not killed an elk. I've tried and tried and tried, but like, I would almost rather go to some rain, you know, North Dakota and hunt whitetails there than I would to go to Colorado and hunt elk. And that sounds like you're the same thing, like hunting turkeys here, hunting turkeys there, different situations. Yeah. Very similar. It, it, it is. And I love, I I've been fortunate enough, the older I get, um, that, that, that I've been able to, to hunt more States every year. And, uh, a lot of that's work and a lot of that's, you know, you just, you're comfortable in your job and, you know, financially, you know, you know, I can afford to do things and I got an awesome wife that allows me to do these things and, you know, kind of keep the home front. And it's, it's funny. People are like, well, what's, what's your favorite place to hunt? And, and it's like, dude, I fall in love easy, man. You know, I hunt like a new state. I'm like, oh man, upstate New York was my favorite place. Oh, Southern Alabama. Oh, central Indiana, because it's not home. Right. It's just new. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm just like, it was awesome. And, I mean, I didn't even kill a turkey, but it's still like, <laughs> it's my favorite place to hunt because it yeah. was cool, you know, and it was mm-hmm. just, it was, it was just different. And, um, you know, like being from, from central Ohio, I do, I do all of, a majority of my hunting here in the state in southeastern Ohio. So you've got like the foothills of the Appalachian mountains. It's all big timber. It's all big woods, you know, 25,000 acre, you know, wildlife management areas. And, you know, I go to Alabama and it's, I'm in you know, the Talladega mountains and, you know, there's swamps and there's snakes everywhere. And, you know, I'm like this is freaking wild, man. There's pine trees, <laughs> there are palm trees. Yeah. This is so cool. You know? Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I know as soon, as soon as I step foot out in the Turkey woods in Florida, I'm like, 
favorite place to hunt bar none yeah. hands down yeah. it's the best place to hunt. and then i'll go to oklahoma and be like it's my favorite place to hunt i love it here <laughs> mm-hmm. you know yeah. so yeah it's just awesome. cool i love i love seeing i love seeing the people you know in the mm-hmm. different areas of the country i love seeing the terrain and and just how you know just how vastly different you know this 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 great country is man in all the corners mm-hmm. so yeah it's really yeah. neat and yeah. i've i've had fleeting thoughts of like like spring bear hunting you know, because mm-hmm. I'll see videos. I'm like, okay, that looks kind of cool. Like, if I'm just going to do any other form of hunting in the spring, it'd be spring bear. Like, yeah. for sure, you know. So. Mm-hmm. You have the right to the best wireless service. Bravado Wireless provides the best mobile wireless, high-speed internet, latest devices, and customer service at prices you feel good about. Bravado Wireless strives to put these values first and offer you the best wireless service available. See what they have to offer at bravadowireless.com or one of their retail locations in eastern Oklahoma. Let Bravado Wireless connect you to your family, friends, and business partners all over the world. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I think we got a little bit of time here. I, I want to do one quick little exercise. Yeah. It's, it's, I've done this with a lot of my guests. Uh, so let's say you're pick your own state, whatever your favorite one is at the moment, and you're going to go on a turkey hunt. So I just want you to kind of walk me through the hunt. You know, like you pull into the parking lot, gate, whatever it wants to be. Just walk us through as soon as you close that truck door, walk us through a little hunt real quick. Yeah, man, for sure. So, so we'll just, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do my home state, uh, you know, here, here in Southeast Ohio. And I know I do say it's like my favorite, but it's, it's home. You know, I love Mm it. Uh, I still, even on, on opening day, if, you know, if if I'm hunting, you know, Florida or Alabama or Mississippi or whatever it is before the opener in Ohio, like you get excited, but there's something special for me about opening day in Ohio. Right. And a lot of times I've got my best friends with me. And so I get like this, just this, it's like nervous energy. It's like this nervous emotion. And I am just like, I'm, I'm almost sick to my stomach on the way down. I've got about an hour and 20 minute drive from my house to, to the Turkey hunting woods. I'm just, I'm usually like in a, just in just this nervous wreck when I get there. And one of my favorite things to get down there and in, in, in the spring, it's really, you know, it's really cool still those early spring, April mornings. And the, the first arrival of spring for me, as I open that door of my truck and I always hear where we hunt in Benton County here in Ohio, you hear the whippoorwill. And it's the only time you hear it. It's just, I don't know if you guys have them out there in Oklahoma. It's just this little nighttime bird. It makes it sound whippoorwill, whippoorwill. And that's like the, that's to me, that's the arrival of spring, man. That cold air hits me. I hear that whippoorwill. I get out and I get this, I'm getting it now, man. I'm getting this, like, just this, <laughs> this, this, this stupid smile on my face. And that's the moment where I'm like, it's here, man. And I can smell the air. And like, that's, that's what speaks to my heart. And, and, uh, you know, I've got this, I've got this thing that I've started. I, I stole from Parker McDonald, new spot Monday. So if a season opens on a Monday or I'm hunting on a Monday, I go to a spot that I don't know. I just pick a spot randomly on the map, a management area here, and I just hop out. So for, for me, let's just, let's just play radio here. I'm, I'm hunting a spot I've never been to. I'm going to look at my maps. I'm going to find the highest point that I can get to. That's the first thing I do. I want to get up above everything. Um, I want to get there kind of early. So I'm making noise. If I blow anything out, you know, I might be able to sit down um, and I get up there and I just listen, you know, I'm not out hooting. I'm not, I'm not crow calling. I'm not turkey calling. I'm just listening. I'm listening for turkeys, uh, you know, that, that, have the, you know, the, the turkey that wants to die, that sucker's going to start gobbling real early in the morning, you know, and if no one's ready to die, they want to, they, you know, they, they want to be a little more difficult right around 20 minutes daylight. I'm going to, I'm going to start ripping on that alcohol, you know, and I'm just going to listen, you know, listen for the echoes. A lot of times if you're in the, if you're in the Hills, you get that echo and the birds will, will gobble on that echo. Cause it sounds like there's more of them, you know, and, and one, one of the sweet joys of spring, John, is when you're in the woods and you're out hooting and you get another alcohol. An, an owl like an owl hooting back at you mm-hmm. and then you get another owl off to your left hooting back at you and then you get turkeys down in front of you gobbling and then the owls are gobbling at the turkeys and the turkeys gobbling at the owl and the other owls gobbling at you and then you're just like i mean this is this is it you know this is mm-hmm. this is what you're and and so that's the that's the moment man you're in the game you know you're 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 there and then the fun begins if it's a new spot man i, I like i said i pull that map up where does he want to be what's the terrain look like you know where's he at best guess if he's a couple hundred yards away 
where I think he's going to go, man. And and I just start, start slipping in. I think the one, uh, the one thing for, for new Turkey hunters is, is don't go barreling in there. You know, it's, it's be cerebral with your movements, be quiet with your movements. Um, especially early in the spring, you know, if there's no vegetation on the ground and it's daylight, you might see something moving before they see you. You know, if, 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 if you're, if you're running, you're not going to see it. Yeah, they're going to take off, but, um, you know, so that's, so that's, that's kind of my play, man. I like to, I like to, I like to, to let the woods wake up. I like to listen and, and, you know, some of the hardest days to hunt are when, when you're there and nothing's talking, no songbirds, no crows, no owls, no turkeys. And you're like, man, what am I doing here? You know, it's just quiet. You know exactly what I mean. There's just, there's no life in the woods, you know? And then you get those spring days where there's a little chill in the air and it's, but it's going to you know be 60 by 10 o'clock in the morning and, and things are just booming, you know, and, and those are, those are the days that you feed off of and, 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 and you feel the energy. So, you know, for me at that point, man, if, if, if I've got, if I've got someone that's, that's, that's gobbling, he's gobbling at a crow and he's a couple hundred yards away. I'm going to, I'm going to cut the distance in half. That seems to be. Um, you know, safely in half. So, and a lot of that could be if he's at the point of a ridge, you know, I might, I might go, I might go away from him at first to get, you know, on, on the, on the other side of the ridge, you know, depending on how the systems work, but I want to cut that distance in half. And if it's really early in the morning, 45 minutes before daylight and he's, and he's feeling motivated and gobbling, you can't move a little quicker. You know, you've got some time, you've got, you know, darkness as a cover. If the leaves are kind of wet or dewy, you've got silence, uh, you know, on your, on your side. So and that's where the fun gets, that's where the fun really, you know, once you cut that distance, if you're within a hundred yards, you know, like we talked about, man, what's the, what's the move there? You know, what's, mm-hmm. what are the hens doing? It's, is, is, is he only gobbling at owls? Is he only gobbling at, at train whistles and he's ignoring your call? That's when, you know, you've got a tough Turkey to hunt, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're the, the goal for Turkey hunting. you're looking for the Turkey that's willing to die. And so the, the the ones that aren't gobbling at you, those are the really tough ones. And those are the ones that are going to hit the ground. Uh, and, and they've got, they've got a mission in their mind that they established at some point is probably the night before leftover business. And, and they're just going to rip right on by you, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the one thing that I've learned and, and, and it's, it's easy to be an inpatient Turkey hunter. Everyone says patience oh, yeah. kills turkey hunter or, you know, patience kills turkeys. I think discipline is just another skill set, you know, another virtue that kills turkeys and then that gets overlooked. And it's something that I work on every year. And every time I go out and hunt, I fail at it more times than not. But, you know, if, if those turkeys know you're there in the morning and they hit, they hit the ground and they've got somewhere they want to be or someone they want to see. And that person at you, um, they're probably, they're going to be back. If you're calling at them, they know that you're there. You know, that's for the discipline to not move, to be patient, let them go out, do things, do whatever the heck it is those turkeys are doing in the morning. Uh, and 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 they're gonna circle back. So I'd say more oftentimes than not, those are the those are the moments. I mean, I've had them fly off the roost, man, you know, hit the ground, gobble, run to where you're at, and you shoot them, and you're like, Oh, that was freaking cool, man. But <laughs> the battle, man, that's the fun stuff. That's the that's <laughs> what keeps me going. And uh and and you know, man, you just from from that moment when he starts coming back, you know, when you get that first call and he's at a hundred, you hit it again and he's at 60. Oh, John, that's it, man. That's the, that's the moment. That's where my hands start shaking. And I got to tell myself, calm down, big fella. It's going to be all right. This is what you're here for. It's what you signed up for. So, you know, and at that point, that's where the discipline comes to shut up, right? Quit calling so much. Mm-hmm. let this play that's, out you know? that's the tough part for me man I, I, it is dude yeah, i like hearing them, i like yeah, i <laughs> yeah. like hearing them gobble man mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i like hearing there and there's you know that's that's like the ideal turkey hunt you know um but man it 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 doesn't always work out that way mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of it the nuance of turkey hunting it's unlike any other pursuit out there and it's the, it's, it's what keeps me coming back for sure. So, you know, go out there, learn it, live it, experience it, fail at it, and you're going to have a blast, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's hopefully it just keeps you coming back and hopefully your listeners go out there and just do it, you know, get yeah, you, get yeah. you that $10, you know, Primo's jackpot slate call, you know, mm-hmm. lucky seven striker with it and, and, and go to town, man. 
So I, I'm going to get myself one of those little wooden train whistles too. That's going to be my locator call instead of the crow call. Yeah. Just, just get those suckers. Yeah, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, you guys, I know, you know, seeing, watching the TV, you guys get some, some rage and thunderstorms out there. I can't oh, yeah. imagine how many Turkey <laughs> gobbles that that gets all stirred up i saw i i don't know what state it was in but like a meteor hit i went somewhere in florida or texas i'm not sure I'm just not sure. just the last just the last couple of days and someone had yeah. video of this meteor hitting the ground and it was just like this massive rumbling shock i'm like oh man if that would have hit like in the woods it would have made yeah. every turkey gobble for 100 <laughs> miles man like i would have yeah. i would have passed out if i if I'd have heard all that go off so uh, yeah, yeah that's good stuff that's awesome. man uh-huh. yes sir awesome awesome well like i said i don't want to take up too much of your time I'm try- i feel like i uh thought of one more maybe i was just thinking of my stupid whistle comment i thought i had one more question there but uh uh, man, I think that's uh, that we're at a pretty I, good natural. Stopping honestly, point, so. a train. A, if you had one of those train whistles, you'd probably mm-hmm. get a turkey to gobble off. Like I, I mean, <laughs> I really, I really yeah. do. You'd, it would, it would for sure yeah. work. I mean, Aaron Warbritton from from Hunt and Public, he's got the mm-hmm. whatever the heck it is. And he gets <laughs> turkeys to gobble all the time. So yeah, yeah. I thought of my stuff. question. I thought of my yeah. question. We'll try to do it real quick. All right. So you mentioned like you're walking in and you're trying not to spook turkeys. Mm-hmm. again this is coming from a whitetail perspective you know usually yeah. if you if you bump deer it's typically not a good thing uh with turkeys is it also not a good thing or is it like hey at least i know they're here they'll come back in an hour what, what happens if you bump one so if it's daylight or if it's dark excuse me if it's dark and you kick them off the roost mo- this has been my experience most of the time they're going to fly from one tree to another tree because if you, you know, if you don't have a headlamp, they just hear movement, they hear something, you know, they don't know what it is, it scares them, they know it's right there, they're going to fly to another tree. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't tell you how many times that I've done this, John, and I mean, it, it's it's a ton, I can't, I can't even put a number on it. You're calling a turkey, you're calling a turkey, and he he's silent, and you sit there for four or five hours, and nothing, you're, you're owl hooting. You're gobbling, you're yelping, gobbler yelping, hen yelping, cl- you, you throw in the kitchen and nothing. And you stand up and he's 25 yards behind you. <laughs> Full strut, puffed out, and you didn't know he was there. Yeah. And that turkey's that turkey's gone. There ain't mm-hmm. nothing you can do to get that sucker back. So, you know, I, I think it, it's it's really it's and and I, it's such a hard you know, like running a podcast about how to hunt turkeys, I ask questions and I know that the answer is going to be, well, I don't know. Or it depends. It depends. <laughs> right. Yeah. Those, yeah. those are the two answers. And so you, know, you pull it out. And so are they going to come back? I don't know, man. And like I said, if that turkey's ready to die, like he's just, that rubber band is so tight. There's a good, yeah, he, he absolutely could come back. You know, mm-hmm. if you guys didn't make eye contact or shake hands, you got a You got a good chance that he's going to come back. So, yeah, uh, not always, but, you know, it's definitely mm-hmm. a possibility. Gotcha. OK, cool. thank God well, they I- can't smell. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, all right. Well, like I said, I think uh, I think we're at a pretty good stopping point here. So, man, Paul, can't thank you enough. This was awesome. Uh, but real quick, if people listen to this like, hey, I want to hear more from this guy. Where should they go find you? Well, if you want to hear more from me, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, so I run I run two podcasts. I run the Ohio Outdoors podcast, the O2 podcast with Andrew Montz. Uh, that's all things uh, very much like you. Just, you know, we cover, we cover Ohio uh, outdoor stuff, Ohio hunting. We try to get guests that are nationally relevant and kind of, you know, focus on Ohio. Uh, my newest project is the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast, also on the Sportsman's Empire. And that is, man, it is just a collection of the finest turkey hunters in this country we got some awesome biologists coming on uh to talk about the mind of a wild turkey talk about weather patterns those are really neat wild wild turkey doc michael chamberlain's coming on next week so um that's been a ton of fun it really has it's easy for me to talk about and i think the the name isn't necessarily you know any any level of turkey hunter can listen to this i -hmm. promise you that even if you're the most seasoned grizzled old crow turkey hunter uh, you're, you're going to, you're going to enjoy this a lot of the, one of the, I think the best way to learn for people is to tell stories. And so mm-hmm. I get the guests telling stories, I get them talking about themselves their experiences. And I think that's the best, the, the best way to learn the funnest way to learn 
is through storytelling. So the guests that I've had on so far have just done a really, a really phenomenal job with that. So the How to Hunter Eggs podcast on Sportsman's Empire. So those are the two places you can find me. Awesome. Great. Paul, can't thank you enough. Going to have to have you on again sometime. Tell you what, if I kill a turkey, I'll come on the podcast and, you know, Absolutely. Tell, everybody how, tell everybody how great I am and, you know, that I learned it all from you. So. There you go, man. Uh, <laughs> John, I appreciate you having me, my friend. Yep. Awesome. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Thank you, sir. There it is, folks. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you need to get out there in the turkey woods. It is awesome. Like I said, last year just really, really made me a believer that turkey hunting can be maybe not quite as cool as deer hunting, but it can be pretty darn cool. Paul would argue that. Uh, Thank you, Paul, for coming on. Uh, That was awesome, awesome. I learned a ton. And guys, I want to apologize. Uh, I was having some technical difficulties when Paul and I were getting set up. And my audio during that kind of sounded like garbage. So Paul still sounded good. That's what's really important. So I hope you guys could make it through all right. Uh, but I, I will work on that. That is definitely my fault. So thank you guys for checking out the show. Um, I, as always, I want to throw it out there. If you guys have any topics or questions or things you want to hear on this podcast, please, please hit me up on social media. Let me know because I don't, you know, I'm doing this for you guys. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. I hope to see you at the Backwoods Show. And until next week, I will see y'all right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. Thank you.